Hi, welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis, coming to Into Your Ear Hall live from the internet. We are a podcasting collective, and we will discuss tonight's news events and other irritating things with you. Tonight on the pod, we have one of the many Jameses. Sup? Uh, we have at least one Jamie. All right. We have editor and superstar David. Yep. And myself. Hello. I am Rob. So we wanted to uh, begin tonight by pouring one out for, uh, you know, well, a real homie, uh, <laughs> Jordan Peterson. <laughs> the culmination of salt, beef and benzos has finally got too much for him. So his daughter literally shipped him off to a Russian gulag to be healed. And surprise, surprise, that didn't turn out very well. Can we stop calling it a gulag? Because every time we do, I get hopeful that something has changed. No, I mean, it was a medicinal gulag. Is that like a holistic <laughs> gulag? It's the Gwyneth Paltrow of gulags. A gooplag. A gooplag. Right, now, yes! hang on. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Listen, right, I've not even been able to say anything yet on the podcast, and you're already starting with the Gwyneth Paltrow jokes. Like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> this is... And I just have, it's I have, a blend have, of your two favourite subjects, Gwyneth Paltrow and Jordan Peterson. I have to say, if you are pouring one out for John Peterson, I am hurling myself on the ground, mouth up to catch that. Because no, we're not pouring one out for Jordan Peterson. Much like the fucking Joker movie, you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> you mean Oscars? Well... I mean, he's, he's deserving of some kind of award, but I mean, at this rate, it's probably a fucking Darwin award. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I'm I'm so happy because I remember last year and I think the year before, all the papers were full of like, who you know, the dark professor and meet meet the, the man who's whispering to young alienated men. It's just like, no, he's a moron who eats beef and does benzos. Yeah. It's amazing. He's <laughs> uh, the intellectual dark web award for Kermitist motherfucker. <laughs> he is he is honestly the one chaos of... feminine oh my god don't even right you know what we joked about this but i'm announced i'm announcing it live on the pod now we're going to do a jordan fucking peterson episode because i have a yes, lot of shit to get I'm... out about this guy <laughs> I, I am very much down for that i'm still not reading the 12 rules though i'll leave that to you uh, hey man i will read maps of meaning in advance of that episode i will annotate the fucking margins because I have, like, so, right, okay, this comes as a surprise to basically no one who's been following along with this podcast, but I have a shelf full of Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung, and uh, every single thing, every single thing that Jordan Peterson has ever said about either of those two luminaries is completely and utterly factually wrong. Like, not as in, oh, he has a creative or novel spin on it, but as in, he does not understand the fucking reading. And since day one, John Peterson has prospered off one simple fact, that everyone who listens to him talk and ramble on at length about whatever shit he's talking about, they all kind of go, 
Well, I mean, <clears throat> I'm an anthropologist, and what you're saying about Joseph Campbell is complete bollocks, but um, I don't really know anything about those other two subjects, so, and he is a professor, so I guess he must, uh, you know, he must know something that I don't hear. And uh, no, 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 the man is wrong on every single fucking topic apart from basic bollocks pop psychology. And uh, I have the receipts to prove it, so we're going to fucking do that. James, James is the chaos dragon, and his feminine energy cannot stand in this podcast. I will fucking, like, no, no, no. I will take down the books from the bookshelf right fucking now. So help me, Rob. <laughs> no, wait, no. Is that the best Kermit the Frog you can do? Uh, no. <laughs> He's just seriously worried about the state of uh, of young men these days. Uh, I, I get men. really quite concerned about... Alienated young men. Also, his daughter is a fucking psychopath, but that's a whole other kettle of Yeah, fish. yeah, yeah. She's the one who put him on the all-beef diet, which, by the way, for those of you who are blessed enough not to know what the fuck's going on, <laughs> Jordan Peterson's daughter is a lunatic who who wrote a book or something like that wherein she suggested that the best way to live your life and like to be the most energetic, powerful person you can be <laughs> is to literally eat nothing but beef, um, some salt and drink water. Like, for all your meals ever. Do you know what you think, actually, to wind back a bit, do you think we should have started this segment with a brief kind of... So, for those of you who don't know, here's Jordan Peterson, and he is <laughs> a fucking quack. I mean, I, I personally don't think we should have started this fucking segment, to be honest, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, fair enough. Shall we move on to something real? Yeah, let's, let's actually talk actually about something very there's genuinely a, There's cool. a new story um, I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you all saw it, but um, are you familiar with the uh, the classic King Missile song, Take Stuff From Work? No. No? Right. Well, the gist no. is, uh, it's your duty as an oppressed worker to steal from your exploiters. And I, in, I want a SoundCloud link immediately as soon as this episode is done. <laughs> and um, in in that vein, I want I just want to give a shout out to the absolute legend who got a job at a gas station in in Connecticut, and on his first day at work unsupervised, made off with seventeen thousand dollars in cash, cigarettes, and lottery tickets, and his employee file, so they had no name or ID, like, ID to give to the police. <laughs> That is fucking genius. That's that is up there with those guys who in in South America, I think it was Colombia. I may be wrong about this. They uh, went and torched all the student debt records at universities so they couldn't be collected. Oh yeah, yes. superstars. I, I totally. I probably had the country completely wrong there, but I mean, fucking hell, like that is a fourth dimensional chess move. Yeah, that's praxis. Absolute. Good God. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, to the first big actual story of the week, which is Bernie won. Bernie won Iowa, despite everybody saying that there's some bullshit about um, state-level delegates and math for morons. And now he's also won New Hampshire. Well, 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 the more important story here, as we all know, is that <laughs> Pete Buttigieg came in second and Amy Klobuchar came in third. This is more important than winning first place. That is true. Do you know? That is true. I mean, it certainly is for Rap Boy because he declared himself victor in both states, didn't he? Oh, he did. you know, yeah, yeah, he did. Man, like, so I, I have, I have fucking opinions on the way this has fucking gone down. <laughs> like, I, I last episode when we talked about this, I called out the fact that Rat Boy was a CIA kind of, you know, it, it's like um, David Sorota, the campaign manager, sorry, not campaign manager, the lead speechwriter for Bernie Sanders said on Twitter that P. 
Pete Buttigieg's campaign is almost as though the oligarchs had issued uh, requests for proposals for like their presidential candidate, and McKinsey had went mm. and put together, assembled a presidential candidate in cooperation with the CIA, and then just put them forward to them. And I'm so glad I fucking said that last time round because if I said it just you know out of fucking nowhere this time round, no one would fuck. They'd all be looking at me like I got two heads. But because I said it first, <laughs> like this this election, it's either gonna be Pete now dies on his arse as they move into you know. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, James, but you are making like brave assumptions that anybody has listened to the previous episode. Yeah, to be fair, I was on it so. <laughs> But yeah, he's either he's either going to die on his arse going into the new states, which are you know they're not lily white, or or democracy is a sham and they're just going to rig it and steal it for for Buttigieg. And I genuinely, I you know what, fucking, I don't know at this point. I mean, I, mean, I, I was I was quite impressed with all the um, sub Metal Gear Solid level horse shit that was going on with like you know the app and Shadow and acronym and stuff <laughs> like that. That was just mm. fucking. I mean. If you if you came if you came up with that sort of stuff, like people would just think you were fucking unhinged. Mm, Colonel, I'm trying to steal the election, but the app keeps crashing. I think it's interference from acronym. <laughs> <laughs> it is genuinely amazing. I mean, it is gen. It is like the plot lines from Deus Ex, but just st- stupider. You know, it doesn't they? If if they called themselves Majestic Twelve, I would have appreciated it much more. Well, no one asked for this. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> it's it's been it's been some powerful like real country antics. <laughs> like the fucking the Irish European you know the MEPs from Ireland have been in the Parliament saying that basically if this had happened in like if it was on a reality TV show everyone would be laughing at it. If it was happening in like a third world country, we'd be like sending in tanks and shit and co- and decrying it and calling for an investigation. All this shit. Irish MAPs have been on one this week. There was another, another guy today that get um he gets it was censured in the European Parliament for calling one guy Ado a gobshite. <laughs> that was great. That like unelected gobshite. No, no fucking like. Here's the problem. A lot of what we've been saying is no lies detected. So no. <laughs> But I mean, I do want to, uh, you know, uh, shout out um, Mayor Mike- Michael Bloomberg, who's a great candidate and a great guy. And um, I think we should, we all agree that he should st- be our president. Uh, that's not at all because we've received funding from him, but because we think he's great. David, if you can add in like some cash register sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, memes for Mike. For those of you, again, not terminally online, what are what are memes for Mike? Well, let's not explain memes. No, no, God, no. No, like, apparently... No, I'm he's... sorry, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what a meme is, I just, what are you doing here? And so... can you give us the secret? <laughs> <laughs> the secret is positive thinking, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, Mike Bloomberg's been having a, a grand old week with that um, that recording of the police doing a stop and search, which was his policy in New York, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, stop, and, stop, stop and frisk, yeah. Stop and frisk, yeah. yeah. And um, there was there's a classic screenshot of the uh, President Bloomberg subreddit where someone's <laughs> got like po- posted the video under the title. Can we brainstorm ways to make this sound less racist? <laughs> so there's really? a meme for a meme for Mike for you. Can we brainstorm <laughs> ways to make this less racist? Bottom text. <laughs> It's just amazing. Like, he's obviously the only thing he's going to have going for him is the like 
massive capability to just outspend every fucker. But it's that some of his earliest efforts have now been contacting like meme pages on Instagram saying, please, can you make some pro Bloomberg memes? Yeah, no, there was some, there's some kind of weird, like, there's like a, this, this is, what a sad world we live in. There's like a sort of a super group for, for memes, which is like together, it's like 20 people with like followers into the 60 million or something. And apparently they've all been contracted to do memes for Mike. And for me, the, the like, the saddest fucking thing about this is, and like the sort of indication of what a disgrace our society is, is that he is funding this shit and it's not costing him any real money. Like it's costing him money, but that guy has 50 mil- his fortune is something like 50 billion or something. So he is running this entire campaign, all this money, essentially out of the interest he gets from the bank. Like he's not paying for this, right? It's just the interest. Yeah, he's, as far as I understand, he's not touched the principal sum and will not have to touch the principal sum during this. Not least because if he manages to actually get... Like, here's the thing, the really fucking annoying thing is it's kind of working a bit. I'm not super worried yet, but it is like a thing where he's gone to like 13% in the polls, given he started at like 3%. That's a 10% bump just from having money. And if he manages to get out to a point where he's competitive so much money is going to roll in behind him that he won't have to keep spending his own money to do it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it is it is just a, a gross and fucking just undeniable, unvarnished, mask-off example of the oligarchy that we all live under. And um, like they are, they are really prepared to dismantle the entire facade rather than let a like gentle social democrat of the mildest, most tepid disposition. Yeah, he's get in. he's like a cuddly granddad from like the nineteen eighties Swedish social democrats. Like he's not. Yeah, but we we we've seen what happens to cuddly granddads, though. Yeah. Oh, you mean they turn out to be anti semites? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, why'd you have to make it real? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> but hey ho, this is the world we live in. On the other hand, we can all enjoy Joe Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden three zero zero. Go there now. What's up? Jack, he, uh, just like bl- like sleepy Joe, like sleepy Joe deserves a well a long earned rest. Frankly, he just I know you just you just kind of want to put him to bed and like give him some hot cocoa because he's clearly losing his mind. I don't know at this point. I think it's the trip to the farm. There was a tweet I saw online which I shouldn't laugh at, but I can't help. Which has <laughs> uh, you know fucking um, Joe Biden going ah uh, Barry, tell me tell me about the poll results again. Obama replies, "Oh, you're doing great, Joe. You're uh, you're ten points up as he's loading the revolver." <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I cannot remember who offered that tweet. It's like but it's like old Yeller. He's just like he's just like yelling at him, like "Go, no, go away, run, <laughs> run, Joe, go to the woods." Like, um, I, I think at this point it's even money whether or not Obama gets in or stays the fuck out of it. And if he does get in, I don't know. Um, I don't think... I think it's too late. I don't think it's too late, especially since we've not hit any of the non-white states yet, essentially. Mm. But if he's going to do it, it really isn't like shit or get off the pot time for him. Because um, either he comes in and he comes in hard and he chooses like you know his anointed nominee or he stays silent. And I think it's probably even money because on one hand, if he doesn't do something then it really is going to be a clusterfuck and Bernie does actually have a chance of getting the nomination on, you know, first round accounting at the convention. Or 
he comes in, he anoints a kid, like he goes, Klobuchar, you are my appointed successor, essentially. Um, go forth and clobber in my name. And <laughs> it, it doesn't work. And I think Obama's problem is he doesn't want to bet on something that isn't a sure thing because of the mm. kind of whole emperor here in Hito kind of condition he's got going on. So, uh, yeah, it's fucking interesting times. What about Hillary? I still stand our queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what do we reckon? Do we reckon that she might fucking just go, eh, fuck it, and jump in again? Because, I mean, let's face it, it was her turn. I mean, nothing would surprise me at this point. No. She has actually. She's she's no, floated it. No, she she's has floated, floated it. it. I don't know if she's floated yeah, it. Some sort of like weird threat to. I, I don't even really know who that would be a threat to. Um, well, it's all her staffers are working for Elizabeth Warren's campaign now. Can, actually, fuck it. Can we take a second and just an, admire, just fucking love what has happened to Elizabeth Warren's campaign? How she has tyrannulated <laughs> herself straight into the fucking dustbin of history. Into the ditch. Yeah, it's amazing. There was an amazing um, thing after, uh, I think it was New Hampshire, was circulating on Twitter where uh, people were asked their opinion, like whether or not they thought um, her policies were too extreme or too centrist, essentially, whatever those words. And it was exactly 44% said they thought they were too extreme and 44% said (laughs) they were too centrist. So she literally... You know, triangulated her, triangulated her way into a fucking ditch. <laughs> the Keel Starmer paradox. I mean, the best, the best policy announcement I've seen is is um, the fucking Boston Strangler with his uh, his Medicare for all who want it. Uh, that's fucking PD, right? Yeah. yeah. So Peter yeah. is uh, wow. Like he, it, it, it honestly, you know, once it was pointed out to me. I can't unhear it, is he's totally lowering his, he's he's doing the I am a serious presidential candidate kind of fucking lowering his voice whenever he speaks in kind of like in front of the camera. He's doing that, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Elizabeth Holmes, who ran for Anos. I am. Yeah. yeah. I am. She, uh, she, like, swindled a lot of money, and one of the things that was commented on was she had, seems to have this very deep voice, and it's it's totally an affectation. It's like a little kid who, you know, is calling from home to say, she, oh, I'm um, sorry. She the magic blood woman. Yeah, the magic blood witch. Yeah, yeah. What? Doing the, she's the magic blood woman who does the Bane voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Theranos, uh, David. Have you not? No, I, I'm completely out with this. Oh, okay, well, that's sure. a good job. I'm here oh, with the man. facts. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she... So, yeah, tell us about the magic blood woman who does the Bane voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a genuine story. The. Um, she was one of the sort of many internet unicorns uh, sort of tech startup that completely blew out of all proportion. Um, and because what she promised that she had devised a technique that could do like all relevant blood tests um, from one single drop of blood uh, in one machine, like the size of your average PC. Mm-hmm. And it could would do it in five minutes or something. Mm. And like, any serious medical professional will tell you that 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 for a host of reasons that is just simply completely impossible and just can't be done. Um, it's what narrator. This is a point in the in the story where the narrator can interject and goes, "It was a lie," and she knew it was a lie. Yeah. But I, I read the book on it. There's a really uh, uh, good, good book on it. Uh, it's called Bad Blood. It's is really this the good. is this the Peter Thiel blood thing? Is this connected to all that? No, no, that's another weird blood story from Silicon Valley. <laughs> For fuck's sake. 
<laughs> Look, Peter Thiel wants to leech the plasma of young people and inject it into himself so he can live forever. Yes. Like, no, Elizabeth Holmes thing, like, what makes her funny is the fact that she, like, she got, the reason she got all this funding is she did three things. And see if you can, like, put together this picture in your head. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, she dressed in all black and wore turtleneck sweaters that were black. Right? Okay. Who does that remind you of? Um, Archer. Oh, right. Yeah. That, is the, that, is the, that is the cultured answer. Um, but the, the the more disappointing answer is it's a little bit like Steve Jobs, right? Mm-hmm. It's exactly like Steve Jobs. The next thing she did is she had uh, she you know was quite she was quite pretty. You know, she's a young young woman just out of college. She quit college to do this shit. Um, she's blonde and she would go to salons to get her hair done up and then would intentionally mess it up a bit before going on camera. Who does that remind you of? Right. Come on, guys. Seriously. He's a fucking prime minister. Yeah, I do know the answer to that. Right, okay. (laughs) Um, And then, like, the other thing is she would would lower her voice when speaking um, to give herself more gravitas. And then, so, you know, that's, that's the image she's projecting. And then the final step in how she got all the investment capital and was able to run away with this is, um... She made... Well, she did get away with it. She might actually still end up in prison. Well, okay. Probably not, but... For long enough that she lived a life of Riley for years and years and years. Um, like, she got on board with Henry Kissinger. Oh. Um, and all the fucking, like, you know, ghouls of the, uh, you know, um, American imperialist invasion machine. She got on board with them and made them all kind of, you know, board members, investors in a company, that kind of thing, to end this, to lend this aura credibility to her fucking confidence trick. Yeah, and when the whole thing fell apart, because there was a good reporting done uh, in the Wall Street Journal, in fact, saying this is all garbage and this does not work. Um, it just, yeah, turns out that what she, what she did was first she hired like PIs to see if she could destroy the reporter, then just blanket denied it, and then the whole thing just fell apart. It's great. It's a wonderful story, and I recommend everybody read up on it. Like I said, the, there's a book called Bad Blood, mm-hmm. uh, written by the guy who broke the story, which is a wonderful read. I'm going to be honest, I can't remember how we got onto this fucking topic, because we were talking about the US election. I don't election. know, it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Professionals Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the next big date for the Democratic primary is Nevada on February 22nd, and that's followed shortly by South Carolina. Which, by the way, Nevada is another caucus state, um, and they were using the same shadow app yes. um, uh, as Iowa, um, but they've now obviously chucked that out the window, but the latest news out of Nevada is that they have a new, not an app, but a program for recording it that has to be <laughs> preloaded on iPads, so I can't see that going wrong. <laughs> Famously Shh. different from programs, apps. Yeah, it, yes. it, it's Shadow 2, Acronym Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> Acronym's so good. That's just the best possible fucking name for any shadowy, shadowy okay. organization. Okay. okay, I have to. Uh, David, do you want to yes. guess what their, do you want to ask, uh, guess what their political action committee, their PAC is called? CIA. No. No, no, no. <laughs> not bad guess. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the funder. That's not the person who's running the, the donations. No, it's Pacronym. Pacronym. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These brain geniuses have a yes. tremendous lack of them. They've got simultaneously 
too much imagination in that fucking, you know, seven-year-old watching Saturday morning cartoons kind of way and no imagination at all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that is some good shit. Oh, damn. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. It really is, like, just an absolute... Oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Like, it's just a complete death of originality in fiction <laughs> but real um so yeah so how do we reckon but just we before re- but before we move on how do we reckon nevada goes it's going to be tight there's some fuckery going on with the with the unions in there that's a bit too much to explain but i think it'll be tight but i think it'll be bernie because he's yanking in um support from uh latin x communities and, and mm-hmm. workers in general so Hopefully, um, Nevada will flip Bernie. It's uh, it's like I said, it's either going to kind of be like peak collapses and Klobuchar gets the surge, um, or or the elections are rigged, there is no hope, <laughs> and it's going to be a repeat of Iowa. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I've just had a quick look at the polls. Um, currently, this is 538, which is like the big composite of all the US polls. Uh, but uh, Bernie is on twenty five. Um, Biden is not on twenty five, but I don't know somewhere in around fifteen. Um, Warren at eleven, Mayor Butt at ten, and then and Bloomberg at eight, and then who cares? Uh, wait, does Klobuchar not get a look in at all? Four uh, percent. So the momentum <laughs> may not be as real. Oh wow! Okay, fantastic. Extreme energy. I thought it was club momentum. It, no, no, no. It was club momentum. It, it was everybody was writing out as club momentum, but then like a member of her staff came out and said, "No, actually, it's club momentum." So <laughs> please correct it. It's like uh, she's got a perfect name for saying it's clobber in time, but you know they're also the "I want to speak to your manager" kind of liberals, so they would correct you despite it being objectively cooler. <laughs> I mean, why why they would go with club momentum and not clobbering is is mystifying. Because uh, you know these Bernie Bros are all violent and uncouth, and we don't want to be like them. Yeah, there's there's no risk of anyone it's, being. It's, it's like, club time to do well. Fuck's sake! Oh, <laughs> it's uh, club reasonable showing at the polls in pursuit of democracy. <laughs> club yeah, democracy. Club democracy. <laughs> okay, right. Well, we move on to the uh, closer to home shenanigans then. So today. Um, we had a nice big cabinet reshuffle in which it was decided by um, the voice which speaks for the government, Laura Koonsberg, that it would be <laughs> just administration, nothing big, no big deals. Uh, and then around 11 o'clock, we got the news that um, the Chancellor, or then Chancellor, Sajid Javid, mm-hmm. is out. He the quit. Eggman. He quit because he would not fire his special advisors. Um, is the reason given openly to the public? So I have not been following this at all, but that is mm. that is fantastic. That is an exquisite wine. It's like um, it's like you remember, you, you know, you've probably heard the old stories about how Socrates was made to kill himself by drinking hemlock in a glass of you know a cup of wine, and it's kind of like that. Yes, because if you're telling me that the Eggman is no more, he has gone into his yellow submarine and has vanished into the Thames, then uh, <laughs> that is that is exquisitely... Yeah, but the problem is, where is he going to resurface? This is well, the problem. But here's the that. thing, it's exquisitely sweet, 
but at the same time, it bodes very, very direly for the future for us. Mm. Well, right, I, I've got a bit of a take on this. I've, I've had more time to look at this than I have the US stuff, so I've actually got a take on this. A lot of people have said that this is the Cummings reshuffle. It's all about Dominic yes. Cummings, and this is this is all his doing. I don't buy it. I just I don't buy it. The media loves the great man shit, and it loves having someone they can project this stuff onto. Dominic Cummings is the perfect fucking hole for, to put all that shit into. He's not I mean, that I've, account. I've, I've got to he, say, David, I've heard him called something like a hole, but no one's used that <laughs> language before. He's not accountable strictly to anyone but the PM. There's no real um there's no real transparency with him. He doesn't have to give fucking reports. He doesn't have to actually report into Parliament. He can just get away with whatever it is he's doing, and that's just the nature of being one of the PM's advisors. It's shit, but that's the way it is. The media fucking loves the idea of someone pulling the strings. They love a Machiavellian story. Like remember when yeah. that was the at the leadership that Theresa May ended up winning and when Gove fucked over Johnson, there was a massive thing about Gove and it was, oh, this was going so well and it did go well for about two hours and then it all fucking felt shit. They were all so poised to get on the back of that because, wow, what a story. Cummins is the same, but he's secure. He's a long-term investment for this story. That's all it is. Now, don't get me wrong, the guy is in a position of a fair whack of power. He does have a lot of... um, reach within number 10. He does have a lot of ability to do stuff, but at the same time, it's all signed off by Johnson. He doesn't actually have executive power. All of this stuff is signed off by Johnson. It's not... He's not a fucking mastermind. He's not a puppet master. He's just able no, to get away with a lot hand, of shit because Johnson well, sits there and goes, yeah, that sounds fine. That's all it is. Yeah, but I mean, but that's that's sort of the important thing because like, especially at this level of government, you know, but Boris Johnson doesn't want to do details because I can't imagine he does, you know, no, he doesn't. He doesn't the, do details, the, but he's that's what he's got Cummins for. Cummins is the details guy because this is the same yeah, guy yeah, that writes like a six hundred page essay on shite. But there's so much power in those details, like that's super relevant, you know. Oh yeah, there is. But I mean, that's why I mean, Boris Johnson doesn't really give that much of a fuck about how things actually work. He just wants to know at the end of the day, is there going to be something he can stick a big fucking sticker on that says I did this? That's why he's so big on this fucking bridge shit. Um, yeah, whereas Dominic know, <laughs> Cummings will go away and take care of the fucking civil service or whatever else. Yeah, fine, okay. There's going to be blank spot, blind spots. That's why you should realistically hire these fucking advisors that will look after the bits that you're not that concerned about the operation of. You know, that's kind of the whole point in getting an advisor to take care of the little details you'll forget about. So, yeah, that's just my take on it. He's not that fucking big a deal. He's not in charge of anything. He's he's just able to get away with what he gets away with because it's stuff that Johnson isn't really that interested in, but he still signs off anyway. So my like naive impressions of this just coming to the news for the first time is that this means like if I right, so the Eggman was very opposed to spending, if I remember correctly, and he was yes. very much a, a deficit hawk. So if he's yes. out. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a randroid. Like he, we did this on a previous episode. Yeah, what is he the guy who reads the Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged to his wife every year until she said, "If you do this one more time, I'm divorcing you." <laughs> yeah, that was him, right? Yeah, 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 that was him. That is amazing. My, you know what? This guy's just getting better and better the more I learn. 
So <laughs> if he's out, then it means that they want to do some spending. Yes. Um, but if it like that, you would think normally, oh, that's good. That means investment, right? But the reason I'm thinking like a hemlock cup is that mm-hmm. it's going to be really fucking stupid spending that primarily goes to like oligarch pals and like their companies. So... Yeah. Well, an insane megalomaniacal project. I mean, I think we should have a talk later at some point, uh, a serious one about like all the HS2 stuff. But like HS2 for me is a really good example. It's just a giant, you know, prestige project. It's a, yeah. a giant waste of the, money in a boondoggle. It's the garden bridge, but just bigger. Well, the thing to remember with HS2 is, though, that's been around for so fucking long. That was a Cameron Oswald yeah. project. It's I was going to say, like, Boris's name on it. Javid's out because he knows how bridges work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow he got... just burned one. <laughs> hey, uh, that was low hanging. That, that that was not up to the usual quality of the pod, there, David. <laughs> Do not come to me for good content. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, me. <laughs> he he was always opposed to the idea of spending more. He was going to be right big on the idea, of just fucking making sure that we stuck within the deficit. He was really into the Osborne type of um, economics. Yeah, financial masochism. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the guy they've brought in to replace him is called Rishi Sunak. He, his background, he, he, was, he was head boy at a public school, if we want to go right far back. Um, he went to Oxford, studied PPE, he worked at Goldman Sachs. Do you want to know what the, do you want to, I don't know why I know this, but do you not want to know what the motto is of the public school where he was head boy at? Absolutely. Oh, go on. Manners maketh man. Oh, good, good. This is like so. This is I'm getting this eerie kind of flashback because we've just talked about Pete Buttigieg and how he is like a checklist assembled candidate on behalf yeah. of like the American establishment, the oligarchs. This sounds spookily like the same fucking thing, but like you know, if I'd said to you, "Hey, paint me a picture of like a Tory insider who goes on to be made a minister," what institutions has he attended? Yeah, well, yeah. public school and I'm the just, PPE I'm just bitter. at Oxford. I'm just bitter that you managed to get that motto out before I could desperately Google the Latin for we fuck pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. We have to research that. That's going to be our uh, episode title. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, yeah. Orcus Delenda Est, probably. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Um, So, public school. uh, PPE grad from Oxford. He then went on to be a hedge fund manager at Goldman Sachs and is currently married to an Indian tech billionaire. Well, not not a billionaire herself, but she's the heir to the fortune of another Indian tech billionaire. So, yeah, that's um, that's good. Yeah, he's done all right for himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is just what you want the Chancellor, someone who understands the concept of, you know, being given everything on a fucking silver platter. Um, he, his he, voting record. He, when you go, sorry, I was going to say he perfectly encapsulates British meritocracy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, like almost entirely. Um, his voting record is great. He voted against spending more money on benefits. He voted against taxing banks. He votes for um, capital gains tax, uh, reducing it. That is. Um, he's got a pretty strong record on anything that restricts trade unions, and he doesn't like funding councils either. So, yeah, he's going to be great, but he took the job, 
maybe 10 minutes after the resignation of Javid was announced. So it sounds like he was top of the list and just went, do you want it? And he went, yes, please. That's it. And I think yes is something that he's going to be saying a lot of, and that's why he's got the position. Well, I mean, he's been, you know, it, it, at least in the media, he's been sort of portrayed as the, the yes man uh, of the Chancellor of the Exchequer, which, you know, famously, I think, yeah, the 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 relationship between the chancellor and the um, prime minister can be very problematic. Gordon Brown, uh, Tony Blair, um, Philip Hammond, and Theresa May. You know the tension between the government wanting to spend money and the chancellor sort of being the unofficial arm of of uh, financial interest, saying no, you're not allowed to spend any money. And it's it's it'll be it will be interesting. And like if this guy actually does sort of green light spending, it will be very interesting to see It'll be, how that happens. It will be interesting because it's not being done from, I mean, had the end of 2019 gone better, we would have had a chancellor that would have been willing to spend money, but it would have been in the right places. This is going to be money that's dictated out by Johnson. Like I said, he's a yes man. It's going to be insane fucking bridges to space. It's going to be all sorts of just absolutely David, unreal shit. David, look, I'm sorry. This has gone on far too long. We've talked on this podcast about anti-Semitism, but now we're regressing to anti-Irish sentiment. They're not actually from space, right? <laughs> I mean, if they've got to build it across that, like, fucking bomb graveyard, it might well, it <laughs> oh, might no. well go to space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not even that. It's anyone going across it is going to end up looking like they're from space with a nice green glow they get from all the fucking nuclear waste underneath it as well. Yeah, like I, I love it. It's like they they are studiously avoiding talking about the real issue there, which is that it's not just all the munitions. Because let's be fucking honest, right? They dumped a ton of munitions down there, but after like you know thirty years at like forty thousand fathoms, most of it's probably like it's going to be problematic. But it's not going to go off that easily. The real problem is they dumped a bunch of radioactive shite down there, um, and then like you know they've always denied it. But environmental, like, I know this is my fucking Scottish Green Party shit coming in again, but environmentalists have always, you know, whenever we've done studies, they found out there's a higher radioactive background in, a higher radioactive background in the North Sea, and it's entirely because the MOD's been, you know, tipping shit down there. Mm, I mean, you say, you say a ton. You, you say a ton of munitions. It's um, actually well over a million tons, according to the Ministry of Defence. So, fuck knows how much is actually down there. Um, and that's just the fucking, that's just the munitions. Like, there's yeah, but let's, I mean, I'm sorry, let's be honest, this thing's never going to be built. This is just one of these things that just gets thrown out so the Daily Mail can do two, you know, line, two days of headlines of, oh, we're going to stick it to the Irish, oh, you know, like, it's that's all it's going to be. I mean, yeah. it's, the whole the whole thing is just, and I get so fucking tired of saying this, but it's just another thing where they're going to spend, they're going to siphon billions of like dollars, uh, billions of, see, this is what US politics has fucking done to me. <laughs> What's our currency called? Poons. <laughs> Gold doubloons. I mean, We're going to be billions, billions of pieces of eight to uh, Boris Johnson's <laughs> mates for consultancy fees, and then it'll all just disappear when they turn around yeah. and, and go, oh, it can't be done. It's Tony yeah. Blair and the internet standard time zone all over again. <laughs> yeah, they're going to, oh my God. They're going to like they're going to do a massive feasibility study, and the end result is going to be: I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, we can't build a bridge because we armed Aquaman to the teeth, and as a consequence <laughs> of that, like uh, we're just going to have to scrap the whole thing. And he's going to go, well, well, can we not do something else? And rather than look at the other alternative, which is insanely expensive, it will just all disappear. 
Yeah. Um, so, Chancellor will be interesting. Um, there's also I mean, a new... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much money announcements being made now that, like, I mean, I wish all ill upon this government. There should be no doubt about it, but, like, and I have no faith in them delivering anything. On the other hand, like, if they want to spend some serious money, you know, HS2 is a bullshit boondoggle, but, you know, they announced $5 billion for buses, which is just, like, going to... Uh, cover up the hole that they made in the last 10 years. But, you know, if there are more buses, there are more buses. And I, I hope that that happens for people. I yeah. don't think it will, but I hope it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do need to look at it as a, as a kind of, you know, any fucking crumbs that get thrown our way, good. They're not enough, but fucking good. At least this, this may actually show some sort of very small material improvement for some people, which, fine, okay, good but do more. It's not enough. It's no. It's not going to be enough. No matter what they do, it won't be enough because they're not capable of doing enough themselves. Well, and they'll give most of the most of the money. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, been yeah. Talking yeah. about a lot of it will go to grifting and consultants, uh, consultants yeah. and private privatized shite. So yeah, for sure. Um, it's not the only kind of questionable appointment that we've had. So the Department for International Development has been assigned Anne Marie Trevelyan who has some great takes such as, in response to no one in Africa should go hungry, um, nor in the UK, there are kids in the northeast who have no regular meals due to chaotic parents, should they go hungry? And waste of cash on vanity projects in far-flung lands kept me awake at night, says Tory Foreign Aid Chief Priti Patel. Got a fucking nice wee retweet from her. Like, she's, honestly, she just doesn't give a shit. She's quite happy to just absolutely piss all over people in other countries and she'll do the bare minimum as we expect from any Tory uh, minister but it's just nice to know that she's got some previous on that Can I make a prediction actually off the yes. back of that? I think over the next few years if that takes, if she stays in there and if things go how I expect them to go with this Brexit, then I suspect she'll be out on her arse or she'll be changing her tune quite quickly because one of the ways that foreign aid has traditionally been used has been in as like a a negotiating chip in yeah. all sorts of international trading agreements, um, usually like roundabout backdoor kind of stuff. So I don't like that's a contradiction that can't possibly hold unless mm. we're part of a major trading block. Yeah, could be interesting. We'll see what happens there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just purely used as that. But then I, I, I dare say she'd be quite happy with that kind of thing, that kind of spending, because there's a material benefit for the UK in a trade deal. All right. So you're kind of saying like, they'd still do it, it's just they'd take the mask off. I mean, I suppose, actually, yeah, that is pretty on brand. Yeah. Um, We've also got... um, Remember Andrea Leadsom? No? No. I do, but I wish I didn't. Sounds like you just made her up, to be honest. I I wish I had. Andrea Leadsom is someone whose biggest deal as an MP has been to complain about being bullied in the workplace (laughs) while being in a party that hates workers' protections. Like, what do we want, Andrea? When do we want it now? Oh, fuck For those yeah. of you who remember her three-second leadership bid. Yeah. She's the one that um, had to drop out and um, ended up with uh, us having Theresa May as Prime Minister because she um, accused her of being useless because she couldn't have kids, basically. So, yeah, lovely yeah, person yeah. all round. Uh, she's finally out. Esther McVeigh is also out at housing. Um, so that's now 10 ministers in 10 years. Yeah, which is not a surprise because, like, if you're a Tory, you know, you can't build houses because, like, the people who 
put you in power don't want you to build, you know, they want you to build a certain type of houses, but not the houses that actually your average voter does want. I did quite like the take I seen on Twitter earlier that we've had more housing ministers than actual council houses built in the last 10 years. <laughs> that does sound about right. It yeah. does sound about right, yeah, because the, Mc, the number at the last election the, um, was zero. McVeigh the pork markets. No, no, no. That's Liz Truss, no, who is now, wait for it, the longest serving cabinet minister. Oh, no. Did she stay? <laughs> I didn't see that. She stayed. No. Oh, fuck wait. me. Hang on. Longest serving. In what context? In, in, in the current lot, she's she's been in the position she's in longer than oh, anywhere else. Um, sorry, just my brain fucking disconnected. No, sorry, yeah, like no, of not all time. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I think I think Jeremy Hunt still holds that, doesn't he? The only thing, yeah, in terms of longevity, the only sort of addition I wanted to make was that um, the Eggman is the only uh, chancellor who never got to present a budget apart from one guy in the seventies who died of a heart attack before he could. Excellent, good company. Um, <laughs> so, estimate V's out, um, uh, replaced by Alok Sharma, who will also headline the COP26, um, which will undoubtedly be a complete fucking waste of time because the Tories in charge it, of it and they'll water down as much as possible. Well, I mean, the world is like, I don't think this COP's going to do anything. Like, this is kind of a make or break one in terms of actually doing something about the climate because. You remember when we signed the Paris Climate Agreement about four years ago and, you know, the world had solved the problem. It mm. turns out that the world hasn't actually done squat and emissions keep rising year on year, as does oil and gas extraction. So, like, if if this COP wants to do something serious, um, and the main question at the moment is, of course, about money, it's about compensation, where poorer and developing countries legitimately say to far developed nations that have done the most emitting, you have to, you know, the transition you guys are going to have to pay us and give us tech yeah. um, is, of course, not fucking happening. I mean, remember there and was that really the only... good idea that we could just share the technology with developing countries, and it would just be it would just be there and it'd be shared, and they could they could have it. Remember that idea? Who who had that idea again? I can't remember who had that idea. No, I th- it was Rebecca Long Bailey. Yeah. Fuck yeah that 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 was in that was in the manifesto. Fuck. See. I I don't know what COP is, um, and I'm I mean from Sorry, the initial uh, from the initial context of sh- of someone was going to headline it, I assumed it was the Brexit festival. But <laughs> now you're talking about climate change, and I'm just completely out of my no, depth. Sorry, COP is the it's it's known as the Conference of Parties. It's it's a UN speak thing. It's essentially the annual meeting um, where all the countries get together and they discuss like uh, how to you know they they announce their results, how far they've come and what the next step is. So the COP is like the annual climate change world summit. See, when when you say it's called the Conference of Parties, I just get irrationally angry at the idea that someone was paid to focus group that name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, because then it would be called something understandable, and now it's the Conference of Parties, and, you know, it's where the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change presents its latest reporting. It's all very bureaucrat speak. Yeah, it's... uh... It's, it's not so much that it's been like focus group or anything. It's that you've paid an awful lot of diplomats an awful long time to sit in an awful lot of rooms, hashing it back and forth until they finally came up with that as a consensus that everyone could live with. As yeah, long as we did exactly. Yeah. Taiwan as a, a, a country. <laughs> no, actually, I actually went to one two years ago. It's just, it's a clusterfuck. It's like, try to get 195 odd countries in the room. 
um, and then tell them to come up with one global binding agreement on climate change um, that actually makes a difference and isn't just waffle. We've also got George Eustace in at DEFRA. Yeah, fucking useless motherfucker. Mm. I mean, Eustace and useless is kind of close to each other. So, you know, he can... That guy can, this is, you know, this is one of these things where it's like, yeah, it's DEFRA and who really cares about farming? But, you know, this is a guy, track record of voting against climate change measures in favor of selling UK state forest assets, voting for the Badger Cull, voting against subsidies for people to install sustainable energy sources. And to be fair, in his favor, he does vote in favor of further regulation on fracking, which if you're a Tory, you know, that's kind of good, you know, whatever. But this guy, you know, we were just talking about the the climate change thing. Um, this is kind of a, an important, at least, you know, if you care about this stuff, it's kind of an important thing because now that um, Brexit has happened, the UK is going to have to write its own agriculture, environment, air standard and other like really big, important pieces of law um, that do a lot or don't do stuff for the um, environment, uh, for farming and food and all that kind of stuff. And now it's been landed with this guy, uh, and it's terrible. And like the bills that are now in front of Parliament that were written by the previous shit government, you know, they replace all the EU regulation with stuff that, on the face of it, seems the same but is worse in the detail. Right. So Fiona Harvey had a good piece on this in Guardian. It's like the kind of stuff, right? Um, the EU used to well, still really heavily enforces air quality regulation, right? So air quality in London, for example, is famously shite. Um, mm-hmm. And the EU would actually have power to intervene and make councils do something. And now it's like, okay, we're going to have a new set of rules, but um, we're going to set up new standards for air quality, which you don't need to do because like, there are global standards and everybody sort of agrees on what it should be. But there's going to be a two-year pause on any controls while we set up these new rules. So it's all this kind of shit. And there's another bit in there about um, ministers can now, if they sign it off, essentially uh, weaken the water protections to allow more harmful chemicals in the water without any review or oversight. So it's, like, it's that kind of stuff. Tim Farrell yeah, 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 yeah. not think of all the frogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, it, it's this kind of stuff and this is all going to be done in back rooms while everybody looks you know, at the big Brexit negotiation and stupid bridges to nowhere, while in back rooms, this guy with this government is going to just fucking trash the shit out of uh, the environmental and farm regulations that we have. That were already pretty bad, but good old get way worse. Good old banality of evil. It's, uh, yeah. it's I mean, and we'll we'll put a link to the Fiona Harvey article in the show notes because it's a good read and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, if you care about biodiversity and i don't know the climate maybe it's interesting to read about it it's the uh it's the fucking we it's the uk trump presidency basically uh sound and fury yeah. up front that signifies absolutely nothing and then in the back rooms they're just slowly murdering the welfare state murdering regulation murdering uh workers rights just all you know death by a thousand cuts while yep. the pageantry plays out of you know whatever shit is on the agenda for the day like i mean structure yeah, if they could, uh, if they could find a way, if they could do the impeachment fiasco that's happened in the US, if they could impeach Boris Johnson in exactly the same way, i.e., doing nothing in the end, they would totally, they completely and utterly do it, yeah. just to to get the media cycles. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we've also had 
a new Advocate General. Now, this doesn't really affect me being in Scotland. Is it an really Advocate affect... General? I can't remember what the Advocate is. General is basically um, the person you've got in charge of uh, the, the the legal affairs, the, the courts, effectively. Um, the I'm not really that up on it. Um, James, are you are you more up on the Advocate General's position in England? Because I'm not 100% Yeah, on it. a tiny little bit. Basically, it's about handling court bureaucracy, as far as I'm mm-hmm. aware. So it's not so much that they... I mean, I think they're involved in a couple of recommendations on things to do with like appointments to the High Court and things like that, maybe. To like you know double-check everything I'm saying here, because I'm in Scotland and it doesn't yeah. really apply here, so I'm not as up on it. But... Basically, the majority of it comes in the kind of more civil service-like aspect of the courts, all the infrastructure, all the um, the major decisions that kind of run in the background there that are more like the matters of, of politics rather than matters of legal interpretation. That's where I think the Advocate General mainly comes in. And, uh, you know, as a consequence, that's the area that it's very easy, like, when you talk about laws, that gets media cycle. But when you talk about the court structure that supports those laws, it kind of just doesn't. No one cares. It's like the minutia that people overlook, and that's why, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the that's why the conservatives have essentially been able to cut legal aid and various other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the advocate general is like having someone who's compliant in that position is pretty much necessary for me able to manage and massage that kind of stuff out of public view. So I'd expect to see kind of more of the same, basically, yeah. with this appointment. Based on some of our um, previous as well, um, so I've got a couple of little excerpts from some, I think, some election material. Um, Restoring sovereignty to Parliament after Brexit is one of the greatest prizes that awaits us, but not just from the EU. As we start this new chapter of our democratic story, our Parliament must retrieve power ceded to another place, the courts. Is this Perry Patel? No, this this is um, no this, this is Swella Braverman, the new Advocate General. Um, oh, fucking hell! Yep, Cut wait from for the it. Cloth, I see. Wait for it. Prorogation and the triggering of Article Fifty were merely the latest examples of a chronic and steady encroachment by the judges. Well, my blood is fucking chilled right now. Yep. So um, look forward to as much work done as possible to make it as difficult as possible for the courts to challenge anything um, that gets in the way of the government doing what it wants. And that is a lovely segue into a horrible piece of shit story, which is... Terrible story. The Windrush stuff that's happened this week. Oh, Christ, I have heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, basically, the the original scandal of it all um, was... 164 people were detained and deported, and a further 5,000 people denied access to support from public services. Now, this, is, this all stems from Windrush, which was the, the name of the ship that brought all the people over from Jamaica uh, to the UK in the 50s. Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. the, the late 50s or something like that. Yeah, either way, quite a while ago. And uh, the Home Office decided that they probably weren't British citizens. I mean, keep in mind, you know, that at the time, these guys were genuinely still citizens of the British Empire by virtue that when they arrived here, they were still colonial subjects. So they had British, you know, identities and passports because they were literal British citizens. 
yeah, they, they hadn't at that point in time. I mean, you know what? Most people, when I learned this, it blew my mind that we used to just have basically open immigration for anyone who was part of the British Empire or what we would now call the Commonwealth Territories, that it wasn't till the, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the 70s that, and the 80s that we started passing over legislation to actually mm-hmm. you know institute rules on it. And so these people came over when literally anyone, like if you're in Canada, you could come over and yep, you're welcome, that's fine, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, big. You couldn't even begin to imagine the idea that someone would float that idea now and would be met with anything other than absolute fucking blood rage. Um, so David Lammy was quoted as saying, "In today's money, the British government paid out the equivalent of sixteen point five billion pounds to compensate three thousand former slave-owning families. Yet so far, just sixty-two thousand one hundred ninety-eight pounds." has been paid out in compensation to 36 victims of the Windrush scandal. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's like yeah. you almost get deported. Yeah. You have decades where you are not sure whether or not you're a citizen. You are hounded by well, the Home Office and by Theresa May and all these people. And it's then- worse than that. It's worse than that. There was no question over their citizenship. There was zero question yeah, yeah, over yeah. their citizenship until the Home Office twigged, hang on a minute. There's no original documentation. Basically, what happened was during the very tail end of the Blair years, I think, um, there was some real questions about what was happening with all the original documentation for the people who had come over on the Windrush. Um, and the decision was taken. And at some point, I think it actually happened after the election where David Cameron and Nick Clegg took power, uh, either the decision was made or the act happened where it was all just destroyed because it was decided, well, we won't ever need this because obviously we won't because they're British citizens. And, uh, well, whether or not that was the intention at the time, but that was the kind of general story behind it. Um, All the original documentation was destroyed, so there's no record of these people coming over to the UK in whatever year it was. And the assumption made is that actually they've been living here illegally the entire fucking time and nobody noticed. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Like the administration, either by design or by idiocy, dis- literally destroys the records and then turns around to the people whose records they've, they've destroyed and say, prove it. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's like, you know what? It's not insane. It's not insane at all. It's um, like, so I'm going to get all literary for a second, right? Kafka. You'll have all, all of you will have probably heard the name Kafka being banded mm-hmm. around and you'll have heard situations like this described as Kafka-esque, right? And if you if you encounter Kafka in like school or anything like that, and and you know you're exposed to his stories, they always describe it as oh they're just really absurdist kind of stories. They're they're weird, like almost Dadaist. They're they're just um a guy gets you know turned into like a, a cockroach, a cockroach, and uh, just weird shit like that. It's all and what it's really about is it's expressing how life under a Soviet bureaucracy was just like so fucking um weird and how you had no stability underfoot and you know all this kind of stuff but it's not because if you actually read kafka and read it kind of you know with a with an open mind he was writing about capitalism like the guy in the metamorphosis who gets turned into a giant cockroach his first thought is how am i going to pay my bills right <laughs> and that fucking logic is is the logic of these systems it's not like oh you know how weird and kafka-esque that is it that this bureaucracy has done these things it's more just like no, these are the, this is the dictates of capitalism. The capitalism is reaching a, a point where the concentration of wealth is becoming so extreme 
that people are noticing. We need to manufacture some scapegoats to, you know, uh, point to, you know, as being responsible for this problem. We need an outgroup, so we're going to become very racist. And then the logical political product of that cultural racism is going to take the form of immigration restrictions. And as that ratchets up, it's going to get to the point of starting to toss out people who are members of your own polity. Like it's, a, it's an exact through line. It makes it makes perfect sense. And you know, I, I wanted to tell a joke about this, but I, I can't really, I can't make it work. It's too grim. No, the that's, reason... I'm, 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 I'm struggling to make jokes, but it's a very good thing to say. Yeah, yeah it's like the reason, the reason they paid out sixteen point five billion to slave owning families and only sixty two thousand to the victims of Windrush scandal is. In their calculus, if you deprive someone of their property, well, that's got a measurable value that has to be paid for. Whereas if you deprive yeah, someone yeah. of their rights, rights, rights are of their liberty. Anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like actual, like you, principles of justice, they don't have a dollar value attached to them, and therefore, you know, you can't pay them out. But slaves, slaves have an actual dollar value right next to a human life. And so, it's yeah, I mean, you can for, for a slave, you can literally hand in receipts. You know, hideous that sounds, but you can't. Yeah, and like that's the logic. That's the logic behind this whole shit. And uh, it might, you know, there's a lot of people probably get very angry at David Lamy for raising that, but it shows the inherent thing at the centre of this, which is that our rights are worthless, but mm-hmm. our property and the property of the people who who own our culture, they have a concrete definitional value, and they have the lawyers to pursue you for it. Yeah. I mean, that's not that I'm intimidated by the intellect on display here or anything, but as soon as I come up with my unified criticism of neoliberalism through the lens of Mr. Men books, it's game over. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, Jamie, it's probably like if you if you were to sit down and do that, you could probably make a pretty fucking good one. (laughs) (laughs) Like here begins my criticism of capitalism under the auspices of Mr. Greedy. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't accepted this challenge but I am now foisting it upon you <laughs> so getting back to this fucking hell um, that's, that's yeah, the long is, and short yeah. of how this started that's that's what, that's what basically kicked this all off now, it went a little quiet for a while until just the last couple of weeks where big noises have been obviously it's been going on going the entire time people have been getting fucking sent you know, sent back to a country they've never fucking visited and shit it's, because it's, it's the kids of these ongoing. people. It's yeah. just extraordinary. And um, the, the big thing that really caused the scandal here is that, again, the courts, like we said, the courts got involved. To try and stop the deportation flights, uh, a case was brought to say that there was a there was a, a mobile network failure. Apparently it was a mobile network failure. Put big fucking air quotes around that. That... Um, prevented a load of people in January from calling the lawyers from whichever fucking horrible place they had all these people kept in. And because they didn't have the chance to contact the lawyers, there wasn't a, a possibility of appeal uh, to say that you know they shouldn't be deported. So the government lost the case and did exactly what you'd expect the government to do and made sure to deport every single person involved who was not on the O2 network at the time, because that's the only one that was affected by this outage, apparently. So they still fully went ahead on it, uh, to the point where the um, BBC Radio 4 News ended the report with the number of uh, offenders who had been deported. Like that's Offenders. Offenders, yeah. Offenders. Not people. Offenders. Offenders. Jesus. Right. Like, 
the, the other part of this is this, this, this kind of essentialism, which is if you do have, if you do one thing, you're that thing forever. You know, you've heard mm-hmm. the old joke of, you know, um, you know, I built 10 bridges. I like, you know, built 15,000 hospitals, but I fucked one goat and now I'm the goat fucker. <laughs> it's like, which is, you know, funny joke, but it gets applied to this kind of stuff where you get people who are doing shit like, um, there was one of them, God, there's a very similar story. Do you mind if I take it a little bit sideways for a second? Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. it's on the same topic. So, um, there's this guy who has been made stateless by the UK. Did you guys catch this? Yeah. Story? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, his name is uh, Fatush Lala, and he was, you know, he came to our country, or our nation, I should say, sorry, um, around about age like 14, I think it was, as off the back of the Serbian kind of conflict. And mm-hmm. he is supposedly, he's Serbian, and um, he, so as far as everyone knows, he's Serbian and has always been Serbian. He went away on holiday back to, I think I think it was back to, to Serbia, or it might have been, it, it, he, he went um somewhere abroad anyway for holiday over christmas with his wife and apparently whilst he was away he missed a letter through his front door from the home office saying oh we have reason to believe actually you lied that you were born a year before you said you were and that you're not actually from serbia you're from um this other nearby country i think it was albania i can't remember it was it was albania yeah And, And, and and just to interject he didn't miss the letter because he was on holiday they sent the letter before he went on holiday but they sent it to the wrong address (laughs) <laughs> oh, fuck sake. me. Fucking hell. So anyway, the letter said, don't use your passport. Your passport is invalid. And obviously had all the rest of the stuff saying that, you know, we need to review your citizenship. So the guy's on holiday and he doesn't find out until he goes to get on the flight home. And the border agents go, oh, no, sorry, you, you can't fly on this passport. The guy's literally just been made stateless whilst he's out of the country. And they won't let him back home to pursue the legal case to actually establish that he is who he says he is. Normal country. Normal ideas. Normal, normal country. It, yep. it's it's fucking horrendous it's exactly it, yeah. all of these things are the same they're just looking for anyone they can to exclude to feed the papers because you and i look at this and go this is fucking horrendous but there are a lot of the people who voted for brexit off the back of blood and soil jingoism they look at this shit and go ah oh, good no, things this are changing. Is, this is a, no no this is exactly this tingles all the fucking you know gammon and closet fashbots that you know the, the this government was voted in by yeah, for sure. And they, they reported offenders, and by technicality of the shit legal system that we've got, yeah, they're right, but they weren't all fucking murderers. The majority of all these cases have been, like, incredibly minor drug offences, you know, non-violent fucking crimes, like fucking possession. We're not even saying, like, the majority were fucking, like, possession and shit. It's not even, like, fucking supply of. It's just the worst, tiniest little, horrible little fucking things they can just go, oh, I got you, and then that's it. Well, that, like, that's the thing. What I'm saying with that story of the other guy is his offence, such as it is, is that he supposedly, according to the Home Office, someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, oh, by the way, that guy isn't who he says he is. It, yeah. His offence is to be accused of not being who he says he is. Yes. That's it. The offence is the accusation. And so, like, for many of these people, like, was one of the Windrush people who was deported, if I remember correctly, was someone who was convicted under a statute that doesn't exist anymore, which was about joint criminal enterprise, i.e. he was in the area at the time when a bunch of people did something. Walking while black, essentially. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. It's like, hey, you're part of that crowd that did this thing, therefore we're nicking you, even though that person, you know, wasn't involved in the thing at all. Despite that no longer being a fence, that because it counted at the time, it's still on his record, it's not been expunged, and that makes him an offender. He's an offender for a crime that doesn't exist anymore. Fuck's sake. 
and and what we see in all the papers is you know and all the store all the usual fucking ghouls come out of the woodwork which is to say yeah but you know these are all hardened criminals and rapists and you know why would we not we're a sovereign nation why would we want to deport them and it's just like that's just the spin like i'm sure under this 100 and however how how many of them it's 164 people or something like that Mm -hmm. or i don't know how many like it's a it's a bunch of people like i'm sure one or two of them were genuine very unpleasant people who you know like if you are a foreign national and you do very unpleasant things maybe the uk has a right to say okay well you're no longer welcome here but like that's not the majority the majority are just genuinely nice people who got caught up they're not they're not foreign they're not, nationals yeah, exactly they're not foreign nationals <laughs> they're not foreign nationals that's the thing they're being that's deported. the fucking problem they're being it's deported like, to a care. country they've never fucking visited like they've never even fucking like, been here and they're getting sent there to live like fuck off we don't like, want you here like it's it's, it's fucking yeah. engage, it's engaging with the flash on their own terms when you accept the premise of it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not, I just I miss, no, 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 I misspoke not, that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not having a go at you, Rob. I'm having a go at all. No, 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 no. But like this, this, is, this is yeah. But that's the but thing. You I mean, see how this the happens, way that you, you get in. Yeah, you were yeah. able to kind of slip into that, and it, it, it's so easy to slip into it and be wrong. You're you're making the right fucking point, but you're just saying the wrong words, and just by even just slightly saying the wrong words on this, you're you're buying into the fucking media light and it's so fucking slippy and that's why I hated when I heard that on Radio 4 I heard the word offenders specifically being used yeah. because it's so perniciously being done to craft the narrative and make sure that everything stays within it and it's only by speaking in a very certain way that is genuinely the correct fucking thing that is happening here that you can actually articulate it and it won't be held because as soon as you do that, there's a talking point to fucking fight against it. Because actually, they're all offenders, or actually, they have dubious citizenship, or actually, they're they're originally from here, even though they might not be fucking from there at all. It's just oh, the whole thing is just a fucking nightmare. It's setting up this narrative that if you're an offender, you're not a citizen. Yeah, like that's yeah. That, well, I mean, that's, that's clearly of... where it's going for. Because I mean, and that's also when Boris talks about you know we're going to have this Australian points based system for immigration uh you know so we can attract skilled workers blah blah the counter side to that and you know the australian system is famously racist is that the australian system also what it does to refugees and boat people who come by boat you know is to literally ship them to it's Nauru, isn't it yeah like yeah. a quasi-independent yeah. state that's like 100 percent dependent on uh australian foreign aid and hey you know we were talking about foreign aid before um and essentially they have literally built uh stateless prison camps there where the you know the amount of just documented human rights abuses are through the roof and suicides and self-immolation and, yeah you know like th- that's where this is driving at it's not driving at you know attracting polish nurses or whatever it is literally the building concentration camps well, it's also like you know, on that topic, it's it's Manus Island, and I only know this because Ma- yeah, Ma- yeah, 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 yeah. A Kurdish journalist named uh, I'm going to mangle his name here, but it's Baruz uh, Bukchani, I believe it is. Um, wrote a book while in that internment camp called No Friend But the Mountains. I, I highly recommend it. He did it by text message, one line at a time whilst oh, in wow, the camp. Wow, seriously? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's harrowing. It's a harrowing read. You can totally get it. Um, I just literally have it sitting on my desk, which is why I was able to to give that. Um, but the, the thing about the Australian system in particular that like parallels this is just this week, the Australian High Court, or the equivalent, whatever they call it, came back and said, no, you can't deport Aboriginal people 
for fuck's because sake. we don't have paperwork like oh, you can't Christ. you oh, can't treat aboriginal people as being non-nationals they literally like they that was a challenge in the high australian court um so it's it's literally the same fucking impulse that's underlying the windrush stuff right now mm, yeah for sure it's just it's absolutely i mean if, if you wanted anything that pointed at a slide towards fascism here it is it, yeah, and it is, yeah, it's a, or at least a, a, a form of sort of, yeah, well, it's white nationalism. I'm not sure if that's the same as fascism. I don't know if there's oh, a, I mean, it's, a, it's, a it's distinction almost, without a difference. But, it's almost two overlapping you know. circles. Like, get this, uh, you know, a news on The Guardian, Indigenous Australians. Coalition seeks to sidestep High Court ruling that Aboriginal non-citizens can't be deported. That's where they're at now. Jesus the the, the, the yeah. high court has come back and they're trying to figure out a way to sidestep it, and it's 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 going to be the same shit here, and all of it is a prelude towards essentially you know the fascist response to ecological collapse mm-hmm. is, is a huge part of this. Guarantee every single one of these poor, poor fucking people that managed to get out of this because they just so happened to be on the O two network, they'll be on a plane in two weeks' time because they'll be they'll be granted the amount of time required and then they'll just be denied it. And they'll be on a fucking plane, and it's a shame. Or they'll just be released, but they'll put in on some kind of police, you know, existent, non-existent watch list. And the next time they cross without, you know, watching the lights or something, they'll be arrested, and then they'll deport them. It'll be that they are one stop in search away from being put in a plane. Yeah, I'll, I'll, for the rest I'll, of their lives. I'm gonna be honest, guys. Actually, I think we shouldn't accept that. I think we shouldn't accept that narrative because I think they want us to. Uh, they, I mean the government explicitly, they want us to despair about this and they want us to stop fighting and they want us to think it's pointless. No, I'm not oh, saying we stop fighting. No, exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's my, certainly not what I'm saying. Yeah, my next point, oh, no, no. My next point was going to be uh, that, yeah, they're gutting the fucking idea that the courts can stand up to the, you know, to the government. That they're, they're trying to dismantle any sort of culpability that they have and any any reason for them to answer to the general public and be that in institutional organized ways or just you know the public at large it's not what this government wants to do they want to get away with some shit they want to fucking do this they want to make sure that all the little bits that they've not been able to get away with over the last 10 years now's the time i don't think that it's the case that well okay we just need to stop because it's a very liberal idea to say well if the courts can't do anything then it must not be doable you know, it's the whole you can't do that, that's illegal thing. Like it's it's absolutely not. If anything, this should be this should be a call to action for people. If the courts are being prevented from you know, stopping the government from treading on the actual like fucking liberties of people, the basic human rights of people, then absolutely people need to start getting involved rather than just sitting back and saying, Nothing we can do. And you know, yeah. it's 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 only realism to say that yeah, these pre- these poor fuckers that you know managed to get a, a reprieve on this might well end up on a plane. It's only realism to say that because it is only a, you know potentially a couple of weeks away, and it's fucking horrible. And I feel I feel so fucking bad for them, but it does not mean that the fight ends. No, well, no, no, for sure it doesn't. And I th- yeah, and but what what I find more worrying than this government per se is the amount of people that are not just like willing to sort of it's not the people who look away or the people who ignore the news because quite frankly that's most people like but like the amount of people that would just 
you know, like Wooten Bassett, but for deportation, would willingly stand on the sidewalk and cheer as like these poor people are being deported. And I, you know, that that's what's really worrying to me. Mm. It's we have like it's not even crypto fash anymore. We literally like. You know, it, it's increasingly it's a fascist state. I think over the next four years, it's going to become much more pronounced than that. And it's, it's yeah, it's that tension because it's really hard. Like if you, I, I guess the reason I, I kicked back there is, I, you know, I didn't think you guys were saying that we should kind of give up, but I kind of, it's very hard when you're kind of sitting and you're hearing this shit on your own and you're not part of a group of people that, you know, are oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. not not to, because it's that whole thing. So you need to both despair about the thing that's happening and yet still get really fucking angry and go out and fight it every day anyway. You have to yeah. fight a losing battle knowing that the outcome of it doesn't matter. It's a fight as a thing itself. Yeah, and... I'm not sure it doesn't matter. I, I think the f- in, in the fight and in the struggle for justice, you do, I think for one, you find solidarity with other people and with communities that you've never met and viewpoints that you've never seen before. And, and I think you learn and I think you become a better person. You know, I think on a personal level, it, it it will allow you to essentially, you know, maybe not well, but sleep at night. And you know, it, it's not the job of us, even after what happened in December, to sit down and 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 despair and you know elect fucking Lisa Nandy. <laughs> the job is always to 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 keep the struggle alive and to keep the flame going and to be there for other human beings at every level. Um, and I think that's so crucial. And, and I think there are, you should, I'm not saying you should never despair because like it is a human emotion after all. And that, that is very, you know, that is unavoidable, but I, I can't, I think it to fall prey to, to that and to sort of turn in on yourself and just switch it off, you know, like maybe I won't be involved in politics anymore. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll take up gardening and I'm not saying shouldn't garden, but you know, to, to to turn away from it, I think that we've said it. We were sort of on that track before. This that's what this government more than anything wants the left and wants us to do is to just be depressed, turn away, go do other things, and let them do what they do. So no, it's not easy. No, it's not fun. But I do think it is extremely valuable and necessary that we do keep struggling in our own ways and at our own pace and at our own level. A fucking men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a thing you mentioned there um, about uh, the implication that if you, if you're an offender, you can't also be a citizen. And that reminded me of um, a thing earlier this week with uh, Mayor Pete, where he tried to, he, he said he, one of his policies was going to be national service. Oh yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Service guarantee citizenship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, yeah. It was a new call to service, is what he was calling it. I would like to know more. Wasn't this this? I'm I'm trying to remember, but I'm kind of convinced that this is one of these wet dreams that like the the sort of centrist libs always have that like it'll be national service but without the military, and we'll just I don't know send people to take care of old people or dig ditches or something, but like in an entirely pointless formulaic way. I mean, I've got the page open in front of me, so if you want, I can read you some of it. Oh, please. Please do. Yeah, please. (laughs) Pete often says that his time as a Navy lieutenant in Afghanistan was a life-changing experience. Six months. Six fucking months. (laughs) 
in large part because he got to serve alongside people from every conceivable background. In many ways, we had nothing in common except the fact that we were all American, but the men and And women... And lust for dead bodies. But the men and women who got in my vehicle didn't care if I was a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. They just wanted to get home safe like I did. Yeah, what, up until the, the, a couple oh. of years ago, the men and women in that vehicle were not allowed to ask you whether or not no, you're gay. No, every fucking word of that is a lie, right? Because, <laughs> sorry, right, so, um, little rant here. Pete Buttigieg <laughs> went in as a, as a um, commissioned officer straight away. He didn't do any... As a like, ma- he came, major, right? Yeah, yeah, he came like, straight... I think quite he was high ranking. Yeah, he came straight in from working at McKinsey to just be like, he was w- welcomed to the door and said, well done, you're a major. They pinned it to his lapel. No background of it. He didn't work his way up. He didn't go for any college, uh, at like military college, nothing. They, walk, they, they let him straight in, uh, just straight through, um, gave him his commission. And then he spent six months working for Naval Intelligence, where he sat in a base in Afghanistan, in a back room, and, prote- and processed like, you know, CV fi- CVS files and shit like that. Like, oh, CSV, sorry. Like, he just did paperwork for six months. Well, That's I mean, it. There, there are some weird things, though, because he did give an interview a few years ago where he literally said, you know, I visited many wonderful places, you know, uh, um, Afghan markets, uh, blah blah I was working at McKinsey. And then it, in that list, he lists a whole bunch of things. He slips in there, CIA safe houses. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he, he very clearly, like, part of what he did during his time with McKinsey and USAID, and why I've said he's a spook, is essentially he was contracted to do some behind-the-scenes work on figuring out what mineral rights to exploit in Afghanistan. Um, like, he legit, it's, it's in an article you can look up online, he has a map of mineral deposits in Afghanistan in his living room, like, on his coffee table, when a journalist came to speak with him, and he's, like, proud of all this shit. But it's all, like, it's it's been tamped down and plastered over and replaced with pictures of him, like, in combat uniform and all this shit, which is really funny, because there's a whole bunch of US, like, um, army people are going, what the fuck are those elbow pads he's wearing? No one wears that. That's not <laughs> part of our fucking uniform. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing it, is, it, you say you say they put him in a back room and, and had him do paperwork, but would you trust the cunt with a gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you joke, but yeah, like that that is it. He they literally like he was steered into this for six months to look good when he eventually right, did but like to a political circle, thing. circle back to, to, to the bigger point of, you know, service guarantee citizenship, it's like the the, the, the sad thing is and because the important thing is and that was also part of the you know, the genuinely great manifesto is like we do need public service. Like we need huge amounts of 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 shoulders to the wheel and actual physical labor to you know do all the things that we need to do to keep the bloody carbon in the ground and to build the infrastructure and do the solar farms and you know uh, uh build new hedgerows for for the the hedgehog population that's cratering and you know plant new trees and all that stuff like there's so much physical labor we can do right now but in this case certainly when it comes to this Buttigieg's nonsense that's not what he has in mind what he has in mind is inculcating people with a military mindset to follow orders and shoot brown people that's what he's talking about it's also I mean it's the the reason libs love this shit and the reason we're like oh why can't we have like national service but for doing parks and shit is you need to follow the logic of it through and the logic of it is make it compulsory if it is compulsory people can't say no if it is compulsory and people try to act out or say no, you get to use force against them and discipline them and break them down. And essentially what they like is they, 
you know, the, the long story of our modern kind of civilization is it's the story of a war-shocked series of cultures coming out of the the horrors of the world wars and having the military kind of you know inculcation of uh, obedience to power being threaded throughout the, the population and doing massive damage to it. And they just they, they want more of that. They want more of that. They want they want people to be forced to either out themselves and say, no, I'm not going to be part of this thing. Yeah, and or be dehumanize themselves. Yeah, and yeah, and, and yeah, just be able to be discarded and not be part of the popular discourse, or to have gone through and learned their place. Well, and the other thing that I think is incredibly inherent in this assumption of, I think you're completely right, but in this idea of national service as proposed by liberals and conservatives, you know, especially the ones who talk about it in the media, is it's not for me and it's not for my son. It is meant for the lower classes who I have mm -hmm. a perception of as being unruly. It is not meant for, you know, the sons and daughters of... It's, it's not meant for, uh, you know, our, our new Chancellor of the Exchequer. Like, Yeah, no, it's, it's somewhere that you, you go to make sure that you're not drinking on the street and you know how to make your bed and you can take orders from people who are superior to you that's that's what it's for yeah, yeah you know how so. to you know how to tidy your room and ward off the dragon of chaos <laughs> <laughs> don't like i i am i am champing at the bit here don't don't we'll do a Peterson call. episode on it <laughs> if i can actually i'd like to offer a little correction so he was actually a lieutenant he was okay. the first grade of officer, right? He was a second lieutenant. Now that's that earned him um, a nickname, which is given to all lieutenants. Um, as butterbar, butterbar, yeah. Which because yeah, yeah. The, the the rank insignia is literally just it looks like a little bar of butter, um, and this this is apparently homophobic, so you can't call him that. <laughs> I've seen that take on Twitter today. It, it was it was something else. You can't. You sorry. That is wow. That's telling on yourself really hard, isn't it? Like they, they how you look at this and go, you can't say butter bar. That's homophobic, right? Mm -hmm. But let's unpack that a little minute. <laughs> Where are they going to get from butter bar to homosexuality? What is the connecting thing in there? Yeah, it is. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but for I don't know homophobia or something. I got slurs. Six degrees of slurs. <laughs> Oh fuck! Um, yeah, right, I think, the, um, I think speaking the, of six the, degrees of slurs, shall we finish, move on to? Hang on, one one last thing on the because he I mentioned earlier he had his uh, Medicare for all who want it. Yeah, um, this is actually service for all who want it as well. So that's becoming quite a theme <laughs> oh. for him. But um, the state. idea of <laughs> it's like the idea of citizenship and welfare as a drive-through window. It's just the most vile thing. But yeah, I mean, so there's there's a, a bunch of guff on this page, but the uh, the the final sort of paragraph. Our our intention is for this proposal to create a pathway towards a universal national expectation of service for all four million high school graduates every year. While strictly optional, we hope service becomes so common that the first question asked of every college freshman or new hire is, where did you serve? So again, that is just, you know, if you're rich and your dad knows the right people, you don't need to do it because he can just get you into, you know, Toby Young's dad can just get him into university, he can just get him a job in a magazine. He doesn't need to have done the service thing. But if you're, if you're poor, well, then you'd, you'd best, like, you know, grab your rifle. Yeah. Or those with the right connections get into the right place. And they do fuck yeah. all and get. Yeah, no, of course. That's of course that's what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
All right, shall we shall we move on to uh, common or commentary? Yeah, now that we've, we've we've drove this podcast around in about two fucking circles now, yeah. So let's, let's yeah, let's, shall let's we? Finish. Yeah, let's cut this little bit of conversation and let's just sort of say hi. And now we're doing common or commentary. I was up thinking. I will that. do as I fucking please. <laughs> <laughs> Backseat editor. <laughs> Well, that that that's Busages' whole thing. You're not being forced to do comment or commentaria. It's comment or commentaria for those who want it. Yeah, <laughs> that's very excellent. <laughs> we might as well we might as well rattle it off and get done because you know that no matter how much we talk on this podcast, is the second we like finish the recording, we're going to find out something else has happened. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or we'll yeah, see the funniest true. joke of the night. Uh, I mean, we haven't even done enough libel, I think, tonight. But you know, let's, yeah, let's let's try and keep it that way. Will we? I'm still I'm still reeling off the the, the, <laughs> the previous fucking episode's edit. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Have, have you opened your mind to the chaos dragons and the men of order? Don't I swear to tempt. fucking God? I swear <laughs> to God! Right, I, the book is in my hand. <laughs> All right, let me let me uh, let me divert you. All right, um, so round round one. Uh, oh, so you're one. you're running it this this week, are you? Yeah. Oh fucking, this is going to be immense then. <laughs> Wait one second. Do you want do you want us to count, count backwards from five? <laughs> <laughs> I would like you all to cl- clap, please. <laughs> please clap. Please clap. <laughs> please, damn it! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 oh man! So, Rob, how many how many rounds are there this week? I have one, two, three, four, five for you. Okay. Uh, comment, comment, commentaria, comment, commentaria. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do this. No, no, you no, no. Play no. the fucking game like <laughs> the rest of us. This isn't yeah, 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 yeah. comment or commentaria. I, I am I am sticking by my strategy of proving proving that statistical random chance can beat all of you fuckers. Fine. Oh, yeah, fine, but I'm not okay. writing this down. Is anybody writing this down? Because I'm, you know, I'll write it. Right. Yeah. Oh wait, no, the whole thing. Shit, no, no, I take it back. Because we're doing points, right? Yes, yes, we're keeping score. Oh, I'll do it okay. in the channel. All right, go. All right. Uh, round one. Um, quote one. Perhaps Cummings is a supportive guru with the well-being of society first place in his thoughts. He has been the driving force behind Brexit and Boris's rise to power. There is no finer form of government than a benevolent dictator. Comment. Fuck, that's difficult. That was that was absolutely <laughs> commentary until the last line. I'm going to say comment, and it was in the Guardian. I mean, I said comment, so we're free for free. <laughs> yeah, it's you and your statistical randomness. Damn you, because you are actually correct. It is a comment. Hey, you you, you challenged me about the Chaos Dragon. I'm playing the yeah, Chaos Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> no, I deserve it. I deserve it. Uh, yeah, that's a comment from BBC Politics. I went oh. to David Stomping Grounds. <laughs> Damn. Off my game. Uh, all right, round two. We need to go back to finding solutions instead of yelling, continuing to yell austerity or Brexit as though that is policy. The awful politics of purity, which has meant that anybody who thinks anything vaguely different should be cancelled, has resulted in what? Ever smaller circles of woke with no ambition to do anything uh, or to wake us when we were caught snoozing. Commentaria. Commentaria. Comment. Brendan O'Neill. Anybody else want to take a guess? It is commentaria, but... Yes. 
one no it was unfortunately <laughs> was not Brendan no it was was Suzanne Moore writing in the Guardian oh for fuck's sake <laughs> uh, all right round three uh, CO2 is not a pollutant uh, its levels are dangerously low in terms of the earth's history and prevent the, and preventing the next ice age more CO2 is highly beneficial for farming and greening the planet and no one is ever going to die from rising sea levels comment surely I said commentary. I stick by it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm going to say comment, but I, I feel like it could be either. It could be, but this this is where uh, James's statistical guessing game uh, takes him to the wrong place. It was a comment, and it came from my favorite place, which is conservative woman. Oh, for fuck's sake. Log off. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like organize a botnet to shut that fucking place down, because you've got a problem. <laughs> You should. It's a dreadful place. It's time we had an intervention. <laughs> All right. What if mum's net, but they get paid to write it? I know. It's like me just like midnight posting, you know, sweatily fingered. Oh, oh. conservative woman. God, 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 so God. that one was a comment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, round four. Here we go. Oh, God. This is hard. So now we know. If you believe in biology, labor isn't the party for you. If you think people if you think people with penises are men, not women, labor isn't the party for you. If you believe women should have freedom of association to set up their own spaces and institutions, labor isn't the party for you. If you believe in reason, truth and freedom of thought, labor isn't the party for you. Is this commentaria and it's the the debollocked Graham Linehan? No, because he he did his piece on Sunday, but Labour hadn't like people hadn't started signing the Labour thing uh, until this week. So I'm gonna say comment because I, I mean, obviously like the the state this fucking country's commentary out are in, it's not outside the bounds of mm. like realism. But I'm I'm gonna hope that they wouldn't fucking go that far. Just you know what I mean. So let's say comment. Right. My statistical randomness said commentariat. David, what are you saying? I said commentariat. I, I genuinely think that's commentariat. It is actually commentariat. Oh, it's Brendan O'Neill inspired. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. There's a, I, that article is pure mind poison, and don't read it. it he is a vile human being. Um, <sighs> yeah, That's the opening paragraph, by the way. Uh, Holy shit! Normally, a Brendan O'Neill one, you can like the first paragraphs, like the one that's like the the nice agreeable one that you can sit there and go, "Yeah, actually, you're right." And then he it drops the fucking insane on you after like the reasonable lead. I'm going. I'm, he's he's an absolute cunt, and I'm going to find him. I'm going to build a scaffold, and I'm going to slap the top of his massive fucking head for him. <laughs> See, I thought you were going in a very different and much worse than libellious direction with that there for a minute, Jamie. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Ready for the last one? Yeah. Anything to fucking Let's cleanse go. the palate off the back of that one. <laughs> well, it is one hell of a palate cleanser because we were talking about Windrush before. All right. It doesn't matter to Corbyn, it seems, that his cynical, opportunistic, and wrong racialization of the deportation issue could have detrimental social consequences, such as by making black Britons feel insecure or by intensifying multicultural tensions. No. All that matters is winning affirmation from the middle-class identitarian left. This is deeply irresponsible. Identitarian left? Um, mm. 
Commentary at Commentary at Toby Young. I said uh, comment due to randomness. I'm sticking by it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, randomness caught, catches you up. This is commentary at. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to make you guess for it. I just I went to the well twice. This is Brendan O'Neill again. I get it for fuck's sake. Oh, I was close. Okay, so you guys said commentary and that one was a commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was commentary. Okay, well, uh, I am behind you guys this episode, so you have beaten statistical average. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Confirmation that my brain is aware of the poisoning. <laughs> Fucking hell, that was... I've got to say, like, putting the, the, the results there um, is, like, quite good, because normally people put them in the, uh, the Google Doc where I can tamper with them. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I have to say it's it's post the elections finding uh takes. I mean, it's not difficult, but it's more difficult to find funny ones because it it all feels a bit more serious and a bit They're not less... quite tiptoeing around things as much right now, are they? No. Yeah. And it, they're yeah. saying they're saying the quiet parts very 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 fucking loud. Yeah. It's almost like they've lost the element of fear. How awful it would be if the element of fear was to return to them. Are you saying that we need a, a short and lively terror to contrast the great, slow, and long terror that's come before? Is that uh, what you're going with this, David? I would never say such a thing. I would never, ever say such no, a thing. We would never suggest suggest such a thing. No, no. Parody, parody. <laughs> all right, so are we, um, are we wrapping up this news episode so that we can all... Jet off to Twitter and discover that like Mike Bloomberg's set chosen achy breaky unions as his campaign song or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh yeah, fuck yeah, he's gonna go for it. Oh. Well, let's let's wrap it up and see what you've managed to fucking conjure out of the ether into our horrible, horrible lives. That's true. <laughs> Aren't the most broken prophet we possess. Oh fuck. <laughs> right. Also we'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, have a good have a good night, everybody. And have, seriously, have fun, don't everyone. despair. So long. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>